Welcome to another inspiring message from Milestone Church in Keller, Texas. Well, I'm very excited over the next couple of weeks, we're making preparation for an incredible spiritual journey that we're going to take together. And I'm very excited about it because for me, it's not a theory when we do this together because we've done it several times. When we do this, if you'll prioritize it, if you'll step out and join us, I know God will meet you in a unique way. So for the next couple of weeks, we're making preparation. We're getting ready to take the journey. And so it's going to be around this book that I wrote, and you can get that book today. Um, I always try to make sure and reinforce to you that um, I started a year ago, our team started a year ago making preparation for you, and uh, I'm not receiving resources from the books that you buy. I'm your pastor, I'm here to resource you and help you, so it's not about selling books, it's about God meeting you in this area that I really believe is on his heart. And so I'm gonna encourage you to take this journey with us. In fact, if you have this card at our McKinney campus as well, or maybe you're watching in our 1230 service or you're watching online, you got this card. Come on, up in the, there, there in the balcony, look, look with me, Go just hold this up. Everybody got it? It's important to me that you have one. This is just a way for us to let, for you to let us know that you're gonna join us in the journey. Again, it's gonna include this book, and uh, the book, in fact, um, I'm going to spend this weekend and next weekend talking about part one of the book, and part one is getting us ready, getting us thinking about it, getting us uh, in a preparation phase, and then part two of the book is each single week we're gonna look at topics that pertain to this question who am I? And so we're gonna have uh, some great time together. We'll have, I'll be sharing the messages on the weekends. And uh, then I'm gonna ask you to get in a group. We're, we're a church that believes that life is done uh, together and that we grow together. It's not just about you listening to me share content. We're a church that takes steps together and we believe that the biblical way still works. Jesus had a small group. Um, I invited some guys to my small group. I did a funeral this weekend, and um, I was at the funeral and then was standing around in the commons, and I, I think inviting is overrating, overrated. I, I think telling works better. So I didn't invite these two guys. I said, you're coming, you know? Try that move. No, anyway, but, but bring them. Just, just say, hey, we're doing this together. So, so uh, I have a group. Jesus had a group. We're a church full of groups where we do life together and we grow together. So I'm going to ask you to get in that. And then maybe some of you could host a group and step out. Um, I make it easy for you. I actually filmed the, the teaching there with a small group setting. And so I do the heavy lifting. You don't have to be a Bible expert. You just have to be a host who wants to have a discussion, okay? So we provide everything for you. You're gonna hear us repeat these things over and over to you so we can get everybody. We want every single person to join us on this journey. This week, we're gonna look at one of my favorite books in the Bible because this question we're going to ask, uh, it has to do with our everyday lives, and there's no better book than the book of Proverbs. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Proverbs, chapter 20, verse 5. And we're going to get started thinking about life, thinking about how we're wired, thinking about one of the most important questions that we actually 
ask. Now, I do want to celebrate, I want to honor, I want to tell you how proud I am of you for kicking the year off with the greatest prepare we've ever had in the history of Milestone Church. And that's because of you taking steps. It's more than the crowds. And we had huge crowds of people. I think the first night we had 250 people in the commons and we had thousands of people watching online. And so we had so many of you join. And for us as a church, it's more than the crowds. As, as we talk about, it's not about the platform, it's about people. And so I'm so encouraged by not just the crowds and numbers, but I'm encouraged. If you could have seen the last night when I looked out at a full crowd of people and said, how many of you joined us in fasting? And so we had so many hands. I was amazed as a pastor. It's like, really, you guys did this? And so all of you that fasted, and then I said, how many of you fasted for the first time? And there were hundreds of hands. And so we're, we're gonna have a great year. You know why? Because you can have a great year if you have a great year with Jesus. And we don't have to take the last few days as just a moment. We can take that experience with Jesus into our every day. And so I am so thankful for you, a church that takes steps and meets with God. And uh, it was such a powerful and exciting time together. This question that we're asking is gonna help us identify some things about ourselves. I was at a little moment at my house around our kitchen island several months ago and was gathered around the island. It was late. We had some friends over and our, they, they have some older kids, but we both have two younger ones. And so our younger ones were sitting at the island and they started this discussion of identification. They, they started having this deep discussion and they were probably a little delirious and too late at night and we probably should have already had them in bed. And, uh, and so it was my daughter and then it was their youngest son who has a wild imagination and he's very creative and they started discussing the identity of the tooth fairy. They began to talk about the tooth fairy and, the, and then the son there, the, he, he started, he's got a real wild mind and he said, I'm gonna tell you, he told Lainey Kate, my daughter, he said, I'm gonna tell you right now, I'll, I know what the tooth fairy's like. He's about this big and he has little fast beating wings and he lives on the moon. She was like, really? Notice he's a he too as the young boy, you know. So it's like, I know the tooth fairy, he's already talking about it, he just beats wings and he, and he flies around, he zooms around and he comes into the bedrooms of little kids and gives them great blessings. My daughter was sitting there looking at that and then she just, she brought a different identification and sanity into the conversation. She looked at him and said, you got this all wrong. My dad's the tooth fairy and he's always two weeks late. <laughs> the voice of reason. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, we're always trying to bring clarity and identification to things in our lives, and it's probably not that important if you know the exact identity of the tooth fairy in life, but I believe this question that we're asking that pertains to our identity and our identification is absolutely critical. It's a question you definitely want to get right. You definitely want to get it right because it affects our lives. And the question is, who am I? It's a question that we ask from the first moments when we start having any type of cognitive reasoning and ability to assess situations. 
As a young kid, when we begin to look at and maybe get faced with a few fears, and we wonder if we have the ability to perform our kindergarten task or our preschool endeavors, we start asking, who am I? Who am I? When we don't get picked for the little team, we wonder why we didn't get picked, so we wonder, who am I in comparison to the other people who got picked? When we have words spoken to us that injure our little little egos or our little personalities, and we start asking, who am I? Who am I? And, And here's the thing, it wouldn't be such a big deal for us to discuss for several weeks if we somehow just naturally overcame the question. But I find it's a question we never stop asking all the way till the end of this whole thing. We keep asking it, even as we progress and maybe we get to a next step or maybe we graduate from school or maybe we get into a special school or maybe we get married or don't get married or we go through some kind of family struggle or we have some failures and problems or things don't work out exactly like we want them to or we do see some things work out really well and maybe we have some successes and maybe we have a little more money than we thought we would have and Maybe we get to a certain place, but we still ask the question, who am I in this new season? Who am I when I don't have kids? Who am I if I do have kids? Who am I if I never have kids? Who am I when the kids leave the house? Who am I? Who am I when I'm identified with this career or this job or this role? And who am I now when that phase has changed? Who am I? Who am I? When we lay our heads on the pillow, we, we ask it. And I want you to know, I've spent, and our team has spent, one year preparing to help you with that question. We believe it's so important. We believe it has so many implications. We believe it is huge in your spiritual, psychological, emotional, and relational development. The answer to that question is critical for your lives. Now the reason you're like, man, you guys keep talking about these groups and you want us to pull out a card and you're trying to tell us and we got people walking around with question shirts and why do you put so much energy into it, pastor? Here's what I know about you. You need it, you want it, but I gotta get you to a place where you'll sell out to the process to answer it because it's not something that we really go around in public saying, hey, can I advertise the fact that I wanna know who I am? We don't do that, we keep it a little bit under the surface. I mean, you're not gonna stand around in the break room at work and be like, hey guys, what's up? How was the weekend? Did you see the game? Yeah, I watched the game. Hey, what about this weather? Isn't it getting colder? Finally, it got colder. Uh, I got a question, guys. Can you tell me who I am? I, I don't think it goes that way. You're not gonna sit around with a few friends and moms and talk on the phone and text each other, hey, I tell you what I'm really wanting to know this year, can somebody tell me who I am? By the way, we're not doing this journey just for big church, we're doing it for our next generation. I'm doing a special night for parents. I wrote a chapter for teenagers because I believe like never before, teenagers need to know who they are. And so we're doing it for the next generation and we're gonna help young people discover who they are and we're even doing it for our little kids. And so what we do here at at Milestone is we're a family, so we're all gonna do it together. And so we've had lots of meetings for the last year to try to get all of you into a place where you can personally receive from this question and the answer that God has for you. And so I was in one of those meetings with our executive pastor of Next Gen Ministries and, and he's really cool. And I'm not cool. 
And so I was talking to him about like, how can we get this to the young people, you know? And he said, Pastor, what we need is some merch. Now that, your laugh level tells me you're uncool. Because you don't know what merch is, but you feel like you should. And so you went, <laughs> but if you knew what merch is, then you would have laughed harder. But you're uncool. And I'm uncool. So I said, what's merch? He said, it's merchandise, pastor. If we're gonna get the young people involved, we gotta get some t-shirts, gotta get some water bottles, we gotta get some stuff. They want some stuff, pastor. They need something, more than pizza. They need some merch. I'm like, awesome. He said, I said, let's get them some merch. Let's just get whatever. Let's get the most amount of merch we've ever gotten. Let's get merch. What is it again? And so he said, we'll get some merch. He said, the problem is, though, Pastor, they love T-shirts. I said, cool, let's get some T-shirts. He said, we, we got a problem. We've got a real big problem. See, they like T-shirts that say misfits. They like T-shirts that say elevate. They like T-shirts. They like snapbacks, Pastor. What's a snapback? Pastor, it's a cap. It's, a, it's like that's what truckers wore when I was a kid. You know, it's like, I got a bill. And this. So we got to get some snapbacks with the brand on it. We got to get some T-shirts, Pastor. And they like misfits and all of that. And I'm like, cool, cool. What's the problem? He said, they don't want to walk around with a T-shirt that says, who am I? <laughs> Never thought about that when we were given the title. Who am I? Like, that's like a kick me sign for a kid to walk around school. You're like, who am I? Who am I? Can somebody tell me who I am? <laughs> we don't want to advertise it, but it's a question that we have. It's not real cool to say, hey, I don't really know who I am, but it's very important to us. And that's why we go to so many different places in our lives to try to find the answer because we're looking for the answer. I want you to look with me at Proverbs 20, verse five. I love the book of Proverbs. My dad had me read it when I was a young boy. His greatest prayer for me is that I would have wisdom, and so there were many seasons of my life where I would read it. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs. You can get one. Most months, you can read one a day. Instead of just taking your medicine, you can take your proverb. And you can show up every day in life and you can understand it's the book of wisdom. What's wisdom? It's God's perspective on life brought into your everyday world. And so you can look at situations and you can know how God thinks about situations and what God says about your life. And there's a little proverb here that has always had great meaning to me that I really like and I think it's good for us to look at it to help us get started on this journey, it says the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters. They're deep waters. So there's, there's purposes down in us. There's plans. Before the foundation of the earth, God had a plan for you. God has desires for you. He knew you before you're ever in your mother's womb and he has fashioned you and created you. You're his workmanship. And what is it? There's, there's purposes down in your heart, but it look at it, it's in the deep. It's down in the deep part. It's deep waters, but it says one who has insight, one who has God's wisdom, can draw it out. Can draw it out. So if we'll lean into the inside of God, the deep things down in us that surround this question, who am I? Who am I in this phase? Who am I now that that happened? I didn't have that planned. 
So who am I? Will I be accepted? Will I be loved? Do I have a future? Do I have a plan? What do I do with the people that I love that I'm responsible for? Because I'm trying to sort out who I am, but I'm supposed to help them know who they are. And I'm working through all of this, Jeff. Here's one, I wanna encourage you. We're gonna go on a journey. It's down in there. God's gonna draw it out. God's gonna draw it out. God's gonna start revealing it. No matter where you're at in your journey, no matter what place you're at, Along the way, as we take steps, God's going to draw those things out of the deep waters of our lives. And by the way, this question, it's so important. And the good news is, don't get discouraged if you don't know the answer, because God does. And you want to get it right. You say, Pastor, as we think about this kind of journey, we're going, why is it so important for us to get it right? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the answer to that question builds a mental picture and a belief system and a grid around your life. What you believe about who you really are, if you don't know the true version, if you don't know the real version, if you don't know the God version of you, then you'll have a different version which will give you a different picture. And you'll have a different belief system. And you say, why is that so important? I thought everybody could just believe whatever they want. I thought everybody could just, you know, it's like whatever you believe is fine with you. No, no, no. What you believe will shape how you live. It'll shape how you act. It'll shape your value systems and your decision-making processes. That question will influence so many of the important areas of your life. So it'll, it'll shape how you act, and then how you act over the long term will shape your character. It'll shape the real you. And it will begin to ingrain that in your soul, in your emotions, in your life. And that'll shape that. And then ultimately, your character shapes your destiny. It shapes your future. And so you're like, man, I don't really like where I'm at right now. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to dig in the deep and go back to that who am I question. And we're going to get a different grid. We're going to get a different belief. We're going to get a different starting point, which will affect our end point. And I'm gonna tell you what's about to happen too. As we study this together and we start thinking about identity uh, as, a, as a pastor for 20 plus years, I, as working with people, it's, it's a big spiritual hurdle. It's a massive spiritual hurdle. And so when you start thinking about it, you'll see it. And I know for me, even as I was getting ready for this and working on this, you know, it was, it was, it was enlightening to me. It was inspirational to me. It was life-changing for me and how much the Bible has to say about it and how these people in the Bible, they ask that question, who am I, over and over. I've been fascinated by it. But what's gonna happen as you study it, you're gonna see it in all areas of life. It just works that way. One of our young people a few years ago, as gas prices were getting high, the young people said, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get one of those smart cars, those little, little cars. Now, I'm not getting one of those, because I'd be like Fred Flintstone with my head out the top of it and my feet, you know, but I'm not getting one. I'm not against you, thank God, environment, all that. Don't email me. <laughs> but I'm not getting one, okay? I'm not, I'm not getting one. But I had never really thought about them, hadn't really investigated them, hadn't really researched them. And they're, you know, you can miss them really easily. But when this young person said, I'm going to get a smart car, everywhere I started seeing them, you know, I was like, don't hit a chihuahua, you know, you'll total it. <laughs> just kidding, I'm just kidding. But, but, <laughs> but, but then it's like when this person told me they were into it, then I started seeing them everywhere. 
If you decide to go buy a white Yukon, here's what you're gonna find. There's a lot of them. You don't see them right now because that's how your brain works. You just kind of, they're out there in the mix. But if you say, I'm gonna buy a white Yukon or I'm gonna buy a red Chevrolet or this, what'll happen is, as you start thinking about it, if you start studying a city, then you'll start seeing the city in every advertisement. It's how the brain works. And so what's gonna happen over the next few weeks is you're gonna start seeing it in your relationship with your children in your job relationships, in your friendships, you're gonna actually see it in some of your family challenges because this is one of the big ones. Who am I affects all of that. It affects all of it. So I'd like to get us started this first week and I'd like us to start looking at, you're like, Jeff, we need to know God's answer for this question. If we're not looking to God, and I'm not, again, trying to be critical. I don't want you to see it as discouraging. We're gonna find the answers, but I do believe, myself included, all of us have a greater propensity to look in the wrong direction than for God to shape us and identify us. And so I'd like to start off by presenting the problem a little bit. Again, this is part one of the book. And I'd like us to think about what are some of the challenges that, that we have here? What are some challenges? And I'd like us to start trying to find some solutions, okay? Because we're gonna overcome this together, okay? Number one, the first challenge in our lives is if we don't know God's perspective, if we don't let God's wisdom draw it out of the deep, we try to identify ourselves, you know, we counsel our, we have a, we have a, a counseling panel, panel, a counseling panel, me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I helping you identify yourself ends up in trouble. That counseling group does not give good advice a lot of times. That counseling group leans on the heritage of their pain and the problems of their past. And so a lot of times alone with me, myself, and I, we try to allow them and ourself and our own person to identify us and it becomes a problem. We probably live in one of the most rugged individualistic cultures to ever be on the planet. And so what happens is we don't know the answer to who am I, so we look at me, myself, and I, and we say, tell me, tell me who I am. And they have a tainted view. They have a wrong perspective. They have a wrong lens. They don't give us good advice. Now some of you are like, wait a minute, Jeff, isn't it good to have some individualism? Is that wrong? I believe in personal freedom. I don't believe we get saved as a group. You get saved as an individual and as a person. The Holy Spirit speaks to every one of us. You can talk to God. If Jesus lives in you, you can talk to God. You can speak for God. And so the Bible does not, and, and the truth is found between the two extremes. The Bible does not say or lean us away from personal responsibility, individual salvation. The Bible doesn't lean us away from that. But I will tell you this, it does lean us away from independence and self-reliance. It leans us away from things like self-sufficiency because with the only voice being our voice without God's voice and the right voices, we get the wrong information every time. Your emotions will lead you down a path that will destroy you. We'll end up in a bad place. We have a cultural expression today. We see it in our movies. We see it in our culture. You're gonna see this everywhere, this identity challenge. Phrases like, you're the captain of your own destiny. I don't wanna be the captain of my own destiny. 
In the book, I talk about the Shakespeare line, to thine own self be true. And when we try to shape our own selves, I love this proverb right here, look at it with me. I've used this with my children. Do you see a person wise in their own eyes? Bible's pretty strong. There is more hope for a fool than for them. My mom will frequently come up to me and she'll say, Jeff, I just remember when you had such thick hair. My mom remembers me. I had that blonde, thick hair. And she just remembers all that hair and she's just amazed that I don't have any hair. I had thick hair. But I went through phases. I tell the story in the book. I'm talking about self-perspective. And so I, I, I was in transition. Now I had a one phase where I had a cullet. You don't know what that is, but that's an advanced mullet. It's a curly mullet, they call it a cullet. But then I went through a phase of self-denial. And my wife, man, you wanna listen to your wife, you wanna listen to the other voice. You see, she said, Jeff, you have a comb over. I said, I don't have a comb over. Until one day I was with some friends at a swim party and somebody pushed me in the pool. I came out of the pool with one long strand of hair hanging down to here. And I had been circling that on top of my head and putting hairspray on top of that head. So at 32 years old, the first step to getting help is admit you have a problem. And the way I got some revelation of it is a guy on our team still today who used to cut my hair when I had hair. Now I do it myself. It's a do-it-yourself job. He was cutting my hair and he took his phone and he took a picture of the top of my head and he said, Pastor, I hate to be honest with you. How many of you need some people in your life to be honest with you? Because you got a comb over. That's you. I looked at it and I said, I'm bald. I am bald. I was in a meeting recently. How many of you know, we don't see ourselves. We don't know, we have blind spots. I was in a meeting recently where I was standing there talking. It was a real important meeting. Man, I was pontificating and just talking and moving and juking and then the person beside me goes, I said, I was like, I added some broccoli. I said, we're a powerful church at Milestone, you know, and we're doing great things for Jesus. Uh, and anyway, and, uh, did you know I'm a bald bishop of the Metroplex and I've got powerful things to say to all of you and they're, you got some broccoli in your teeth. We're blind to ourselves and that's the reason that we need help. We need help from our creator. We need other types of help. And so again, a hairstyle or having broccoli in your teeth may not matter that much, but when it comes to this question, who am I? We need some help. We need some help outside of ourselves. Here's the second thing. If you don't just identify yourself, you listen to the wrong voices. You listen to the wrong voices. There's no shortage. Can I encourage you? I want you to hear this from a pastor's heart. There are no shortages of the number of people in our world today who wanna help give you answers to the who am I question. They wanna tell you who you are. They wanna try to give you answers. And with the advent of technology today, we have more voices than ever. We have more people wanting to tell us who we are. And the only problem with that is not every voice is equal. Not every voice is credible. 
not every voice has the right motive. And I want to show you here, I broke this down for you in the teaching, and we're going to look at this. It's, it's the different, and Proverbs uses this to divide the different voices that come around our lives. This is, this is Proverbs wisdom, but it's even more serious today. The wise want God's best for you. The wise have your best interest in mind. The wicked or the evil person, they want to bring harm to you. If you listen to an evil voice or a wicked voice, a person who doesn't have God's desire for you, then it will bring harm to you. The next one is the fool. The fool wants something from you. The fool wants something from you. And in today's world, there's so much distribution of information. And so there are people, and what, what do they want from you? They want your click. They want your credit card. They want your subscription. They want that from you, and that doesn't necessarily mean the information they have for you is in your best interest. And in our world today, because we don't know who we are, we haven't had any help, we don't know God's perspective or his wisdom or insight, we go to those sources and we don't know that they're just agreeing with me, myself, and I who are lying to us. And we just, we just drink from it. We drink from it. And many of you haven't even sorted this out, so you may be in the uninformed category. The uninformed person that doesn't have the wisdom of God can't even tell the difference. They can't tell the difference in a wise person, a wicked person, or a foolish person. Proverbs 13, 20, it's a verse you should put somewhere and memorize. Walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. You become who you hang around. And I know you're trying to sort it out. I know we've been injured in our identity. I know we don't know, and I know we cover it, and we all have it. I'm gonna be very transparent with you in this series. I've had the insecurity, the comparisons, the loneliness. I've walked through all of it with you. I'm still walking through it. We never solve it. And so I recognize we're sorting it out. We're trying to find answers, but please hear me say this to you. You're looking for the answers, and you're going to look to other people. You're going to tune in. You're going to look for information. You're going to search Google. You're going to watch certain TV shows, and you're also gonna build a friend group of people around your life that you're looking at. Remember, the problem with technology is the person talking, you don't know the fruit of their life. You don't know how they're really living. You're gonna look for the answers. Hear me when I say this. Just make sure you choose wisely. Make sure you choose wisely on what voice you let entrance into answering this important question. Here's the third thing. When we're working it out and we've had some pain and injury and we're trying to settle it, we pretend to be someone we're not. Now we value authenticity, but we live in a culture of exteriors. And so when we don't really know the answer to who am I, we haven't really worked through that and we haven't really got a solid foundation, it's inevitable that when we're listening to other people tell us who we are and agreeing with me and myself and I, it's inevitable that we end up having a false version of ourselves. And it, and it, and it erodes the soul. It just erodes our souls when we're pretending to be something we're not because we really don't want to, but we end up doing it because of these other factors along the way. One of the things I'm excited about in this journey, because I'm excited about you 
not being intimidated by the Bible, but growing in the understanding of the Bible. And as I said, one of the things I was fascinated by is these important characters in here, they had a lot of who am I type questions. And it's amazing. And so we're gonna, one of the things that I'm, I do in the book and we're gonna do together is we're gonna look at some of these characters and I'm so glad the Bible's transparent with us and we're gonna learn from some of those stories. One of the stories I tell in the area of pretending is the story of Jacob and Esau, these two twins. You may not know the Bible lineage, but Abraham, who believed for the promised child, God gave him Isaac. He's the father of our faith, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. These two twins that are born to Isaac, they come out of the mother's womb in competition. Esau's born first, but the Bible says that Jacob was grasping at his heel. And the problem wasn't just the competition, which is normal and natural between two boys and the Bible so good at sharing narratives, but the parents actually accentuated the sibling rivalry. Sibling rivalry is generally a product of identity issues and bad parenting. And so what happens is there's an accentuation of that because mom, Rebecca, she really loved Jacob. He was kind of sensitive, kind of had a high emotional intelligence. And Isaac, he loved Esau because he was a hunter, but that's a different message. But he would bring him food and bring him meat. And so he, he loved him. And so, so, so what, what happened was in this ultimate moment, and I don't have time to tell you the whole story, in the ultimate moment, everything about the story comes up to this big peak moment in their destiny where there's a birthright transfer. And the thing about it was when that's transferred, it can't be taken back. And so mom kind of devises a system to get Jacob there for this birthright, though it belongs to Esau and has a little dress up thing and gets him over there and, there's a, and, the, and, the, and the blessing is, is given, the birthright is given. Now, now, before we're too hard on Jacob, that's what we all want. That's why our identities get in trouble. You know what we want? We want the affirmation and approval of the people we love. When we don't get it, we pretend we listen to other voices. We're looking for that galvanization. And so, but here's the dangerous thing about pretending. When you don't sort it out and really know who you are, even outside of the birthright blessing, what happens is he pretended to get a blessing. Hear me on this. He pretended to be something that he's not. So all the while his life story had complications because God did not bless through his father, Isaac, the real him. So he knew his father didn't bless the real him, he blessed a pretended version. And whatever you pretend to get, and we all pretend at some level, but whatever you pretend to get, you have to pretend to keep. You have to pretend to keep. So I'm gonna encourage you, and I know it's not an easy question to, to, to ask, it's a question God has the answers for, but as we journey together, I'm gonna ask you to lean into something that is not culturally natural for us. And that is to lean into a little bit of transparency and openness. Now, I'm not saying you just, you're gonna immediately just dive off the, the, the deep end, maybe you will, but lean in a little bit to the discussion in the small group. Lean in a little bit to some friendships and relationships. Lean, lean into something that's a little bit awkward, but it's something that you value and that you want, and that is, I wanna discover the God version of who I'm called to be. I wanna discover the true version of who God's called me to be. I know it's down there deep, and it may have gotten deeper because of some of my life situations, but 
The wisdom of God can draw it out, but pretending will not get you to the answer of the question. God's going to bring us into a great journey together. I dedicated the book to my mom and dad. I have a section on family because family helps with our identity so much, and I know you have a lot of pain there. But um, I'll tell you about an identity moment for me and what I'm believing will happen for you. Um, as, a, as a young boy, you may or may not have thought about this, but um, I was in need of lots of disciplinary training because I was kind of a rascal of a kid. And um, my dad was pretty good at disciplinary training. Um, he was six foot seven. So he has in the NBA, they call it wingspan. I think he could tie his shoes standing up. And so when he would give the disciplinary training, he was quite proficient at it. Um, when he would pull off his Western belt that said Willie James Little II across it, which made it a mile long, he had a, quite an arc. He's from the old school, you know what I'm saying? He had quite an arc that could be generated on my behind, okay? And he had, he had a lot of practice because I, I needed a lot, you know? And uh, I'll remember though, I, I don't remember all the times that I was disciplined, but I do remember a moment that shaped me as a young person and it shaped my parenting today. I don't remember what I did because I gave him a lot of opportunity, but I was getting ready for one of these disciplinary moments. I don't know if it was like the time he told me to rake the leaves at the house and they better be raked before I get home from work. And I raked for a little while and decided why rake when you can burn? So I burned up his entire yard. I burned his St. Augustine grass and I burned it up and almost burned down the house and he came home and there's a smoldering deal. So I, I don't know if it was the time I lost his boat, you know, I don't know. I, 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 the river was out of bank, some buddies and I took his boat and then we got lost and then we walked out and came home and he said, I said, he said where you been? It was late at night and I said, well, we got lost and he said, where's my boat? Oh, I forgot that, Dad. Um, so I don't know if it's when I burned his yard or boat or got in trouble at school or when it was, but I was getting ready for one of these, let's say, disciplinary moments and I knew it was coming because he told me, so I do remember specifically, I had on 20 pairs of underwear. <laughs> Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. I was ready. And he came in the room and he, he blew my mind when this happened. He sat down on the bed and he said, I'm not gonna give you a spanking. So Jeff, I need you to understand something, okay? I understand some of this is foolishness and some of this is just your personality. But I need you to understand something. God has big plans for you. And I want you to be a man of wisdom. And I want you to start thinking about your decisions and your character and your action. And I want you to start thinking about, about this. And he said, I can't remember what it was. I remember, I don't even know all the times because I did so many things that I needed discipline for. But I do remember this moment. He said, I, I lost my dad when I was nine years old in a car accident. He said, I didn't have a dad to shape my wisdom. I didn't have a dad that was helping me with these kind of decisions. And so I've dedicated my life to help you become the man of God you're called to be. And, and, he, and this shaped me in my parenting today. He said, here's how I want you to think about it. Not what I did or did I get caught or about me disciplining you. What you did is what you did. That's not who you are. It's not who you are. This is who you are. So as we walk through this and we get honest, I'm gonna tell, I hope you, you just 
let that filter here for what God wants to do with you. You can look at it and go, man, I got all those challenges. Man, I don't know if I can be honest. I don't know, I got so much pain. I mean, it's been hurtful sometimes when I've been honest. It's not just about God shaping us and correcting us. It's about God saying to us, this is not who you are. This is who I've called you to be. And as we take it, this journey, and we listen, and we push the other voices out and listen to his voice, I promise you the answer that he brings you, it's going to bring a galvanization to your soul. It's going to take you into where God's called you to be. Let's pray together. Father, I pray right now that on this journey you would walk with us. You would, you would even right now be preparing and I want everybody to go on this journey, Lord. We've put so much energy and work into it and we've prayed about it, and, but only you can speak to their hearts. The first step in the journey though, if you're watching online or you're watching in one of our other services, your first step though is to surrender yourself to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you to answer this question. So I ask you to come into my life. I'm tired of playing the game, become my Jesus. I confess you as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me and rose from the dead. If you meant that, then he comes to live inside of you. And we wanna help you with that. Maybe you could come to 101 and tell me. I'll be there personally. You can come and tell me. You can tell me that you made that decision or maybe you can tell someone else or let us know so we can help you in your journey. But Lord, I pray you'd take all of us over the next few weeks on some steps to help us answer this question in our lives, who you've created us to be. Help us discover it together in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Milestone Church. We hope it's been an encouragement for you today. We invite you to listen to other messages on this podcast or discover who we are by visiting our website at milestonechurch.com. 